Got time for a quick story. I love the storytelling nature of music. Admittedly, I was kind of, I, I, I was kind of given a deeper music education via progressive rock, Genesis in particular. Remember when I was a teenager, I started to dive in to their longer 70s music. I'd started as an as a fan of their 80s music and am to this day, but gradually started to go more into the Peter Gabriel progressive rock era, eventually getting to the likes of you know, Supper's Ready and 23-minute long songs and such. The story aspect of that sort of music appeals to me, and I think that brings out a lot of the art abilities of music. There are a lot of acts that do that and excel at that, and Styx is one of those acts, and they have done that for many, 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 many years, and they keep coming out with new albums that, again, tell stories. Got time for a quick story? Well, this is about a—the album is about a 43-minute loose story in, in, a, in a very, very 35,000-foot nature. It's worth listening to from start to finish— and Styx is now going on the road and playing some of those songs mixed in, intertwined with their hits. And so today, we're talking to one of the members of Styx. We're talking to Lawrence Gowan of Styx, lead singer of Styx, keyboardist in Styx. Styx is back on tour. Styx has a new album out. Styx is not going to be that far away from where I'm sitting. I mean, relatively speaking, over in the Twin Cities. I'm in, in, in Eau Claire, so about 90 minutes east of the Twin Cities, hour east of the Twin Cities. We're going to be in Prior Lake tonight. Going into Wisconsin, Greenville, and then back across over to Fargo Sunday, touring around. How has getting the act back together, getting getting the band back together, if you will, to use the old saying, after the yep. pandemic, how was gelling back together once you finally started to rehearse and hit the stage? You know, it was it, it was extraordinary at first, just to uh, just to be in everyone's presence again. That that was that was the first, and uh, you know great moment but then that that euphoria you know wore off in our week of rehearsals because we realized in the first 24 hours oh <laughs> we've got work to do <laughs> and uh but we dug in we dug in we had about five days of rehearsal before the first show and that was on the uh that was on the 16th of june so it was a few weeks back but uh by the time we hit the stage for the show and saw all the smiling faces and the the sticks faithful out there that were waiting for us uh, everything kicked into gear and it's been kind of getting more and more polished as uh, as each date goes by i was talking to uh, the keyboardist in night ranger actually just a couple days ago and um, similar sort of questions as they're starting to get going live again are you noticing anything different in the reaction of the crowd to the music post i don't want to say post pandemic period but coming out of the pandemic versus before all of this there, there seems to be a, a an, an extra layer of emotional uh, response from the audience. I'd say that that's the most noticeable thing. I mean, it's always I've always noticed that there's there's an outpouring of uh, of great emotion, you know, from the from the audiences that we've played to in all the years I've been with the band. But this there's an extra kind of layer of of everyone knowing that we've all gone through uh, probably the probably the biggest challenge of our lives, you know, to uh, to circumvent and can, can defeat this pandemic. And uh, it, it's been very noteworthy throughout the whole time just how much music means to people, especially going and seeing their favorite bands live and how much that enriches their lives. And, and that was evident in the, in the response that we've had from every single audience so far. 
Now, looking at the set list so, so far, there's a good number of songs from Crash of the Crown in the list. Um, first question, uh, are you, have you noticed any particular fan favorites, any feedback either within the concerts for the ones that you've chosen to perform live or just in general via social media, website, however, fan forums where you're getting a feedback of, okay, fans really seem to like this song or that song? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, the, the social media aspect of this, we're very engaged in that, of course, because that does give you the that's the difference in the world now is you uh, you don't have to wait a year to hear what what people's opinions are <laughs> on various things. Although, you know, every stick show contains, you know, the, the biggest the biggest um, standards that we that we play at every single show. You know, they're not going to miss out on hearing anything, uh, especially in light of the fact that when a band has this kind of legacy, we're extremely proud of the new album with with good, with good reason, but we kind of we kind of seamlessly put those those newer songs in there. Some of them are just half songs, you know. Like Tommy has been uh, Tommy Shaw has been playing just a snippet of "Sound the Alarm" that segues straight into "Crystal Ball." Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we do obviously we do the title track, and that one the title track is going over as well as any uh, as well as any song in the show, which is uh, a great. Uh, shock to us in a, in a way because it is new, but it just shows that the the uh, the lengths to which people have have gone to absorb the new record. And quite frankly, I, I think we have a little bit of extra license because last week it went to number one on the rock album chart of Billboard. So obviously, a lot of people have responded to it very quickly and are are, are it's resonating with them and they're seeing themselves in the song. So we 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 can we can seamlessly put them into a stick show without it being. Uh, you know, a, a, a hey, listen to our new stuff moment. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. Now, having had these songs for a while, I'd, I mean, you've lived with them for a while. It's not like you just wrote these. Um, yeah. Do you find yourself, the ones that you sing, do you find yourself approaching the vocals on any different now that you're performing them live on a regular basis as opposed to cutting a, a particular version, however many takes you do in the studio, in a different context, do you find yourself singing differently? And do you find yourself playing any of the keyboard parts different, or are those more kind of locked into the arrangement? How do you find that evolving going into a regular live setting? You know, it's a great question. Stix music is very, very well carved if i can use that term in terms of production and any any little piece that's in there is kind of essential to the uh, to the overall um integrity of of the song and that that runs straight back to every single song in the set so we approach anything new that we're doing in the same manner we don't we don't improvise on the new stuff we 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 play it as faithfully to what its arrangement is as we do if we're doing you know renegade or come sail away or any any song in the set just because i mean there are other bands that that can go outside those lines and make their songs you know um you know live even resonate more or work better but in our case the songs are really finely crafted uh, arrangements and we try to stick as close to them as possible you were and i read i read in one of the uh, interviews you did that you being able to use the original versions of the keyboards as opposed to soft software versions like the Oberheim, yeah. the Mellotron, the organ, et cetera, the Moogs. Yeah. Um, yeah. Were there any keyboard parts on the album that, I, I don't want to say they wouldn't have worked, but you were able to make them sound particularly special because, by circumstance of a pandemic and recording remotely, you happen to have yeah. at your disposal the actual instrument? Again, that's that. That's one of the you know. There, 
there were pluses to the pandemic year as well as detractions. You know, obviously there were plenty of those. But in in the case of Crash of the Crown for Sticks, I got to use because we did we recorded uh, the 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 bulk of the keyboard parts I did from my studio in Toronto where I've got a vintage Steinway and a vintage uh, Hammond B3 and my, as you mentioned, my Mellotron and my Oberheim. These are instruments that you can't really move anymore without, <laughs> without <laughs> taking a team of uh, technical experts with you to, to kind of, and, and also about five or six versions of, of any instrument with extra parts. So these are very delicate things, but they got to be on the record because of the pandemic. They wouldn't have been otherwise. We would have had to use whatever we could um, pull together in Nashville. And I've got a great, I've got a great rig there as well, but I don't have the vintage, vintage stuff, the actual stuff from the, uh, from the eras of the seventies and the early eighties. So uh, it turned out to be a plus because of that. Uh, You mentioned in an interview uh, that, that played on a radio special we did with one of the Dan Ura all access specials we played on, on my radio station about the story nature of the album. You really got to listen to it from beginning to end to get the full experience. And I made a point to do that of like, all right, Luke, if you're going to listen to this album, you really got to do it the old fashioned way. Even if it's on Spotify, do it that way. Are you getting reaction from the, from the, your fans that they are noticing that appreciating that is, is are they picking up on, on the story nature or the flow? I, maybe I should say the flow nature of the songs. The, the most consistent comment is how much this album reflects their lives over the last 12 months, which to, to us is remarkable because uh, all but two of the songs were written prior to the pandemic. But it just it goes to show that there's a certain mindset out there that that that, uh, that this album has has tapped into, if you want to call it that, or basically has expressed in a way that people can see themselves in the songs. And I'm, I'm really glad, you know, Luke, that you went all the way through the record because that is the art form. The art form of, of a classic rock band is the album. It's not it's not down to whether there's a hit single or not because that's not the world we live in at all. And it actually never was for those bands. It just so happens that that's what radio was playing at the time. But now it really is a complete statement. And, you know, a testament to that is the fact that we left off a couple of, the, couple of our best songs. We wound up taking off the record only because they didn't completely tie in with the overall flow of the the, the, the lyrical theme you know and in, instead we put those out on record store day and they uh, <laughs> and they did really well uh, as standalone very good it's it's going to be a fun tour to watch if anyone gets the opportunity to go see them sticks are talking about sticks going to be in the twin cities Tonight, as of my interview today, as, as I'm recording this all around the Upper Midwest and then going all across the country, et cetera, et cetera. Lawrence Gowan, thanks for taking some time to chat uh, this morning with us here in western Wisconsin about Crash of the Crown and the tour. All the best. Enjoy the summer. Enjoy the music. And thanks for doing what you do. Thank you so much, Luke. Great, great to talk to you and uh, all, all the best. And, and come and see a stick show soon. Thanks for listening to the new album as well. Lawrence Gowan of Sticks, uh, yeah, the the keyboards really, really stand out. Um, which that it's like a stick staple, but you'll notice it if you listen. Well, you should listen to the album "Crash of the Crown." It's been out since June 18th. Definitely give it a listen. And like he was saying, and like I was saying, listen to it start to finish. Do it in that order. And if you have to pause, just just pause it and come back and continue from there. It, the, the the album will make more. Uh, it, it it will sound better if you listen to it 
in order. This has been the latest edition of Got Time for a Quick Story. Thanks to my employer, Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, for providing the facilities to do uh, these interviews. Also, thanks to Terry Gibson for helping to facilitate uh, this interview. Um, you can listen to a lot of the interviews that I do at greatesthits981.com. Uh, and a lot of interviews that uh, my co-worker John Murphy does as well with assorted musicians. Uh, if you go to the interviews page, you can see a lot of the interviews there. Uh, and by literally, I literally mean see in some cases because some are done via Zoom. Uh, also, we have a lot of these interviews on our YouTube channel as well. Greatest Hits 98.1. Also, subscribe to Got Time for a Quick Story, usual podcast platforms where you can find it. You subscribe, you'll find out about new episodes when they arrive, and rate it higher. That will help spread the word around even more. Got time for a quick story? I'm Luke Anthony.